Section 10 of On Benefits. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tracy Underwood. TracyUnderwood.com. On Benefits by Seneca. Translated by Aubrey Stewart. Book 4, Chapters 1 to 9. Book 4, Chapter 1. Of all the matters which we have discussed, Ebucius Liberalis, there is none more essential, or which, as Sulla says, ought to be stated with more care than that which is now before us, whether the bestowal of benefits and the return of gratitude for them are desirable objects in themselves. Some men are found to act honorably from commercial motives, and who do not care for unrewarded virtue, though it can confer no glory if it brings any profit. What can be more base than for a man to consider what it costs him to be a good man, when virtue neither allures by gain nor deters by loss, and is so far from bribing any one with hopes and promises that, on the other hand, she bids them spend money upon herself, and often consist in voluntary gifts? We must go to her, trampling what is merely useful under our feet. Whithersoever she may call us or send us, we must go without any regard for our private fortunes, sometimes without sparing even our own blood, nor must we ever refuse to obey any of her commands. What shall I gain, says my opponent, if I do this bravely and gratefully? You will gain the doing of it. The deed itself is your gain. Nothing beyond this is promised. If any advantage chances to accrue to you, count it as something extra. The reward of honorable dealings lies in themselves. If honor is to be sought after for itself, since a benefit is honorable, it follows that because both of these are of the same nature, their conditions must also be the same. Now it has frequently and satisfactorily been proved that honor ought to be sought after for itself alone. Chapter 2 In this part of the subject we oppose the Epicureans an effeminate and dreamy sect who philosophize in their own paradise, amongst whom virtue is the handmaid of pleasures, obeys them, is subject to them, and regards them as superior to itself. You say, there is no pleasure without virtue. But wherefore is it superior to virtue? Do you imagine that the matter in dispute between them is merely one of precedence? Nay, it is virtue itself, and its powers which are in question. It cannot be virtue if it can follow. The place of virtue is first, she ought to lead, to command, to stand in the highest rank. You bid her look for a cue to follow. What, asks our opponent, does that matter to you? I also declare that happiness is impossible without virtue. Without virtue I disapprove of and condemn the very pleasures which I pursue and to which I have surrendered myself. The only matter in dispute is this, whether virtue be the cause of the highest good or whether it be itself the highest good. Do you suppose, though this be the only point in question, that it is a mere matter of precedence? It is a confusion and obvious blindness to prefer the last to the first. I am not angry at virtue being placed below pleasure, but at her being mixed up at all with pleasure, 
which she despises, whose enemy she is, and from which she separates herself as far as possible, being more at home with labor and sorrow, which are manly troubles, than with your womanish good things. Chapter 3 it was necessary to insert this argument, my liberalis, because it is the part of virtue to bestow those benefits which we are now discussing, and it is most disgraceful to bestow benefits for any other purpose than that they should be free gifts. If we give with the hope of receiving a return, we should give to the richest men, not to the most deserving, whereas we prefer a virtuous poor man to an unmannerly rich one. That is not a benefit which takes into consideration the fortune of the receiver. Moreover, if our only motive for benefiting others was our own advantage, those who could most easily distribute benefits, such as rich and powerful men, or kings, and persons who do not stand in need of the help of others, ought never to do so at all. The gods would not bestow upon us the countless blessings which they pour upon us unceasingly by night and by day, for their own nature suffices them in all respects and renders them complete, safe, and beyond the reach of harm. They will therefore never bestow a benefit upon anyone if self and self-interest be the only cause for the bestowal of benefits. To take thought, not where your benefit will be best bestowed, but where it may be most profitably placed at interest, from whence you will most easily get it back, is not bestowal of benefits, but usury. Now the gods have nothing to do with usury. It follows, therefore, that they cannot be liberal. For if the only reason for giving is the advantage of the giver, since God cannot hope to receive any advantages from us, there is no cause why God should give anything. Chapter 4 I know what answer may be made to this. True, therefore God does not bestow benefits, but, free from care and unmindful of us, he turns away from our world, and either does something else, or else does nothing, which Epicurus thought the greatest possible happiness, and he is not affected either by benefits or by injuries. The man who says this cannot surely hear the voice of worshippers, and of those who all around him are raising their hands to heaven and praying for the success both of their private affairs and those of the state, which certainly would not be the case. All men would not agree in this madness of appealing to deaf and helpless gods unless we knew that their benefits are sometimes bestowed upon us unasked, sometimes an answer to our prayers, and that they give us both great and seasonable gifts, which shield us from the most terrible dangers." Who is there so poor, so uncared for, born to sorrow by so unkind a fate, as never to have felt the vast generosity of the gods? Look even at those who complain and are discontented with their lot. You will find that they are not altogether without a share in the bounty of heaven, that there is no one upon whom something has not been shed from that most gracious fount." Is the gift which is bestowed upon all alike at their birth not enough? However unequally the blessings of afterlife may be dealt out to us, did nature give us too little when she gave us herself? Chapter 5 It is said, God does not bestow benefits. Whence, then, comes all that you possess, that you give or refuse to give, that you hoard or steal? 
whence comes these innumerable delights of our eyes our ears and our minds whence the plenty which provides us even with luxury for it is not our bare necessities alone against which provision is made we are loved so much as actually to be pampered whence so many trees bearing various fruits so many wholesome herbs so many different sorts of food distributed throughout the year so that even the slothful may find sustenance in the chance produce of the earth then too whence come the living creatures of all kinds some inhabiting the dry land others the waters others alighting from the sky that every part of nature may pay us some tribute the rivers which encircle our meadows with most beauteous bends the others which afford a passage to merchant fleets as they flow on wide and navigable some of which in summer-time are subject to extraordinary overflowings in order that lands lying parched under a glowing sun may suddenly be watered by the rush of a midsummer torrent what of the fountains of medicinal waters what of the bursting forth of warm waters upon the seashore itself shall i tell of the seas round italy that flow which loves her shore above and which below or of her lakes unrivalled larius thee or thee benacus roaring like a sea chapter six if any one gave you a few acres you would say that you had received a benefit can you deny that the boundless extent of the earth is a benefit if any one gave you money and filled your chest since you think that's so important you would call that a benefit god has buried countless mines in the earth has poured out from the earth countless rivers rolling sands of gold he has concealed in every place huge masses of silver copper and iron and has bestowed upon you the means of discovering them placing upon the surface of the earth signs of the treasures hidden below and yet do you say that you have received no benefit if a house were given you bright with marble its roof beautifully painted with colors and gilding you would call it no small benefit god has built for you a huge mansion that fears no fire or ruin in which you see no flimsy veneers thinner than the very saw with which they are cut but vast blocks of most precious stone all composed of those various and different substances whose paltriest fragments you admire so much he has built a roof which glitters in one fashion by day and in another by night and yet do you say that you have received no benefit when you so greatly prize what you possess do you act the part of an ungrateful man and think that there is no one to whom you are indebted for them whence comes the breath which you draw the light by which you arrange and perform all the actions of your life the blood by whose circulation your vital warmth is maintained those meats which excite your palate by their delicate flavor after your hunger is appeased those provocatives which rouse you when wearied with pleasure that repose in which you are rotting and mouldering will you not if you are grateful say tis to a god that this repose i owe for him i worship as a god below off on his altar shall my firstlings bleed see by his bounty here with rustic reed i play the airs i love the livelong day the while my oxen around about me stray 
the true god is he who has placed not a few oxen but all the herds on their pastures throughout the world who furnishes food to the flocks whenever they wander who has ordained the alternation of summer and winter pasturage and has taught us not merely to play upon a reed and to reduce to some order a rustic and artless song but who has invented so many arts and varieties of voice so many notes to make music some with our own breath some with instruments you cannot call our inventions our own any more than you call our growth our own or the various bodily functions which correspond to each stage of our lives at one time comes the loss of childhood's teeth at another when our age is advancing and growing into robuster manhood puberty and the last wisdom tooth marks the end of our youth we have implanted in us the seeds of all ages of all arts and god our master brings forth our intellects from obscurity chapter seven nature says my opponent gives me all this do you not perceive when you say this that you merely speak of god under another name for what is nature but god and divine reason which pervades the universe and all its parts you may address the author of our world by as many different titles as you please you may rightly call him jupiter best and greatest and the thunderer or the stayer so called not because as the historians tell us he stayed the flight of the roman army in answer to the prayer of romulus but because all things continue in their stay through his goodness if you were to call this same personage fate you would not lie for since fate is nothing more than a connected chain of causes he is the first cause of all upon which all the rest depend you will also be right in applying to him any names that you please which express supernatural strength and power he may have as many titles as he has attributes chapter eight our school regards him as father lieber and hercules and mercurius he is father lieber because he is the parent of all who first discovered the power of seed and our being led by pleasure to plant it he is hercules because his might is unconquered and when it is wearied after completing its labors will retire into fire he is mercurius because in him is reasoning and numbers and systems and knowledge whithersoever you turn yourself you will see him meeting you nothing is void of him he himself fills his own work therefore most ungrateful of mortals it is in vain that you declare yourself indebted not to god but to nature because there can be no god without nature nor any nature without god they are both the same thing differing only in their functions if you were to say that you owe to aeneas or to lucius what you received from seneca you would not change your creditor but only his name because he remains the same man whether you use his first second or third name so whether you speak of nature fate or fortune these are all names of the same god using his power in different ways so likewise justice honesty discretion courage frugality are all the good qualities of one in the same mind if you are pleased with any one of these you are pleased with that mind chapter nine however not to drift aside into a distinct controversy 
God bestows upon us very many and very great benefits without hope of receiving any return. Since he does not require any offering from us, and we are not capable of bestowing anything upon him, wherefore a benefit is desirable in itself. In it the advantage of the receiver is all that is taken into consideration. We study this without regarding our own interest. Yet, argues our opponent, you say that we ought to choose with care the persons upon whom we bestow benefits, because neither do husbandmen sow seed in the sand. Now, if this be true, we follow our own interest in bestowing benefits, just as much as in plowing and sowing, for sowing is not desirable in itself. Besides this, you inquire where and how you ought to bestow a benefit, which would not need to be done if the bestowal of a benefit was desirable in itself. Because in whatever place and whatever manner it might be bestowed, it still would be a benefit. We seek to do honorable acts solely because they are honorable. Yet even though we need think of nothing else, we consider to whom we shall do them and when and how, for in these points the act has its being. In like manner, when I choose upon whom I shall bestow a benefit, and when I aim at making it a benefit, because if it were bestowed upon a base person, it could neither be a benefit nor an honorable action. End of section 10